The brilliant Albert Einstein once said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. I think one of the sweetest first memories adults can witness and can remember is when they see a child they love attempt to take their first steps, seeing them wobble and basically needing to be caught almost immediately. And once the child figures out that they need to have coordination and balance, they are off and ready to go. And so much of life for you and for me starts that way. And we develop structure. We start to figure out what works for us, what balance looks like for us, what a rhythm, what a pace, what is healthy, what is too much or not so much. But in time, as we grow into habits, we figure out what is a good balance for us. You see, we are humans uh, creatures of habits. Today, our kids, we have the basic routines. Weekdays are meant to be for school. The weekends have other norms, and we all have routines to do. Good habits help us through the day. Many actions are habitual. Many actions can be done. They're very needed, and they don't take so much of our focus because they're so ingrained in us. Think about our daily commute to work or to school. We can, while we drive, we can be speaking on the phone, talking to those in the car, we listen to music. We don't even realize that we're putting the turning, blinking light and we just turn, we know exactly our routine. So now imagine having to do those kind of routines in a totally different place all of a sudden. You have to go to work, but it's a different route. And now we have to turn off our autopilot system, if you will. And now it requires all of our senses, both hands on the wheel, full focused. And in fact, sometimes it's needed to have that red light in front of us so that we can see the signs and we can really pay attention where we're going. Maybe in time we will adapt and then that becomes the new norm. Today, parents, so many parents, are dealing with many routines that were autopilot, what we're going to have for snacks, for dinner, and now things like, should we go to the park because it's open? Should we do that because there is a possibility of a threat of being infected? Something as simple as going to the park is no longer something that we can do on autopilot. So from snacks to life-threatening possibilities, we are making the kind of decisions intently and very often day to day now, and that's becoming the new norm, and that is draining. And that can take a toll in our relationships, and that takes a toll in our own mental health and emotional well-being. There is a growing concern in the anxiety in the, the numbers of people dealing with depression, there is a lot of fear, maybe in ourselves or in people that we love. 
Please remember that anxiety rises when there is less and less and lower control, but the expectations remain high or even increase. And our emotional and spiritual well-being or our self, our sense of balance is being pushed to the limit. And I believe that for some of us, it feels like we're being thrown over the edge. If or when you are in a rut or in a funk, some people can bounce back rather quickly. Some of us have to navigate through the process. Please know that in so many things right now, we are grieving even the small things. And there is this process of grieving. You can think of the shock, the denial, the bargaining, the, the sadness, and then acceptance. And that's not linear, and it's not organized, and it can be messy, and you can experience three or five or none of them all of a sudden. It's just, it's crazy right now. And some people are being, maybe this is you, we're feeling stuck in that. And then it feels like we are in that funk, in that dark place. So I ask today that we take this very seriously and with deep compassion for yourself and for others. So I want to bring to your attention how scripture mentions the term darkness, how scripture mentions the phrase, while it was dark. And I want to take you to the very beginning in the scriptures, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And it reads, darkness covered the face of the deep while the wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Darkness in the scriptures, the original text, it can be defined as something that is being covered. Darkness in scriptures is defined or implied as uh, the way that it's being, something is being concealed. Um, engulfed in that darkness. Darkness can also be described, and it's defined when you look at the original text of the scriptures, as the absence of existence. There's a void. Look at that in chapter 1 of Genesis. The absence of what is yet to exist, and I'm going to add the absence of what is yet to be described as good. So when you are in a dark place, ask yourself, while in the dark, what is being hidden, concealed? How is darkness engulfing you? While in the dark, what is missing? What is absent? And please hear the following truth. The only way something is created out of the depth of darkness is through the power and the will of God. That is our beginning. Our beginning didn't start or originate from something bad. Please don't jump to Genesis 3 as the beginning of us. 
Our beginning was out of nothing, so think of it more as a neutral state. But out of nothingness, God willed life and God willed something good. So while it is dark, God speaks light. While in the dark, God works wonders. Please remember this. God works wonders in the darkness. Now I'm going to fast forward to the gospel so that you can see that there is a theme throughout the entire scriptures. And I'm going to take you to the gospel of John chapter 6, verses 16 through 21. And it reads, when evening came, there's the darkness again, the disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, please notice there was a need for energy, autopilot off, and Jesus was yet to come near. They saw Jesus walking on the sea and coming near the boat, and they were terrified. But Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. In the Greek, when you look at the term darkness, particularly in this passage, darkness has its roots in the words of darkly. In other words, there's a threat. There's a threat coming. Darkness is coming. It's also described originally as murky. It's gloomy. It's foggy. So to face difficult circumstances and darkness, for us to have to develop a new norm and figure out a new balance or just new habits, figure out a new rhythm, is actually very hard. It's possible, but it's very hard. Many of us are grieving these small things because we are creatures of habit. It is now dark. And the sea of problems is rough and strong wind is blowing our way and across the entire world. We can't see what the future holds. Information and misinformation is inundating us and our convictions are all of a sudden um, a cause for confusion. We don't feel confident in trusting some of the information that we're getting, which is important to make decisions. And it all seems darkly. And it's covered. The truth or what is yet to be understood or revealed, we're waiting The phrase, while in the dark, also has a spiritual meaning. Darkness in the scriptures can mean being blinded by our sin. 1 John 1, verse 5 through 10 reads like this, God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all of our sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us. We need to start by naming 
our darkness. What is it? Is it a void? Is it an absence of something? Is it a sinful nature? Is it um, a threat coming our way? Is it gloominess? Is it whatever, however you're defining darkness, however it applies to you, it is so important and it's a good start to identify it and to say it. John 12, 35 reads, if you walk in darkness, you do not know where you're going. While you have the light, believe in the light so that you can become children of the light. John 8, verse 12 reads, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. For some of us, going to Jesus makes sense. We have some sort of faith formation. And even though we may be in a rut, we believe that there's something about going into the presence of God. But that may be because you have had that habit of going before the Lord. Some of us think of going to Jesus is way too mystical of an experience. Therefore, they think it can't be useful. So I ask for any of you who believe that is part of your habit to go to the Lord. Maybe you are that tangible vessel for someone who is yet to really seek God while they are in the darkness. We can't save them, but we can shepherd them just a little bit. We can't save them, but we can sit with them in a phone call or through, or through Zoom or what I have just learned, drive-bys now are a way to tell people that we are thinking of them. When in the dark, without God, we may lose ourselves in destructive habits. One can, as opposed to wonder how God can help us, one can wander into self-destructive steps. For example, we can hide in social media, we can pretend, we can conceal something and put something out there that it's not true. Or we can simply put ourselves in a lesser state because we're comparing ourselves to what seems to be great and wonderful in another person. That is not helpful. Um, another self-destructive habit that we need to stay away from is while we are in the dark without God, we may self-medicate. We may drink too much drink irresponsibly, we may take too many pills, self-medicate with drugs, and that is going to harm you. That is a threat to your soul, and that is a threat to your very being and body. You're not treating yourselves, you're threatening yourself. When in the dark without God, we may lose ourselves in dishonorable practices, going into websites that we shouldn't, that is harming our mental state, that is not pure, that is not honorable to God. But it's secret, and we're spectators. But when we become spectators of that, we become participants of that. Emotional and intellectual darkness and spiritual blindness will stop you in your tracks. And we can't keep moving. Rather, we're going to be paralyzed or simply go in a down-spiraling path. Darkness leads to more darkness. Darkness cannot overcome light. 
But the truth of the gospel and the good news and the word of God tells us that light does and will always overcome darkness. So while we are in the dark, if you are in the dark place, seek God. He's coming. Jesus is near. Jesus will be here. We are to refrain from doing this alone because another self-destructive habit is to do a very damaging self-talk or the talk and the kind of words that we use on others. It's over. This is it. There's no turning back. Too late. Not good enough. There's no way we can start this again. I've lost it. Um, I went too far. This is the end. These are very destructive lies that we can hear, that we can tell ourselves while we are sitting in a dark place. In the darkness, we think a lot. So I encourage you to think with God. I encourage you to shift your attention to God. I encourage you to see scriptures as the lamp unto your feet. I dare you to have that courage to hold on just a little longer and wonder with God, is it true that God works wonders in the darkness and in your darkness? And just like that, by naming something and then taking a few more minutes grappling with God, maybe, just maybe, a ray of sunshine, a ray of hope, a little bit of courage, and the virtual of self-compassion begins to surface. And you see, that is how God begins to breathe in light into your darkness. It's more than just balance. It's to believe that our starting point originates with God. It's to believe that in life's course, like in John chapter 6, we have to get on a boat. And so much of life can be done autopilot. But then all of a sudden, a storm will come. And we will be terrified through that. And the end ultimately Jesus is there. Jesus will always be here for you and for me. So I hope and I encourage you to join us for a moment to receive the means of grace through communion. Ordinary elements that you have in your home. Crackers, piece of bread, juice, water. And as you receive that by the grace of God, if you're in the darkness, may this be the first step for you to receive truth and love for your mental health. God bless you.